When looking for a new home, location is so important. And as sports fans, you obviously want to be close to your favorite sports teams. So if you're in the market of buying a new home, you gotta check out Aria Denver Homes. They are located just 10 minutes away from downtown, Coors Field, Pepsi Center, and Bronco Stadium at Mile High. So what makes Aria Denver unique is the home buying process is all about you. You know, we offer free home inspections. We make sure we're in a great location in Denver, um, as well as we outreach into the community and have a lot of involvement with a lot of different businesses, as well as, you know, parks and other areas in the location. Like Tyler mentioned, Aria Denver believes the home buying process is all about you. That's why they offer that free home inspection, customizable finishes, and brand new appliances. But that's not all. So we specifically have a greenhouse on campus at Aria um, that residents are able to sign up for a subscription service and have fresh veggies delivered to, to their door each week. And then we also have a great relationship with Regis University. So our partnership with Regis allows residents to have access to the fitness center and gym. Move today where everyone wants to live tomorrow. To learn more, go to www.aria.denverskylofts.com or call them today at 720-372-1022. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of the BSN Broncos podcast. And the BSN Broncos podcast is, as always, presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Guys and gals, let me tell you about this delicious drink of Strava Craft Coffee. My girlfriend got her hands on a bag of this, and it's gone. It was gone very quickly. Not only is she, well, not only is the coffee really good coffee and and she loved the taste she's a coffee connoisseur i i love all coffee so i can't tell but she says it's great coffee but the cbd effects were worked overnight for her she has a little bit of knee pain as a runner doing some stretches immediately i i, I wasn't sure if this was going to be you know a process you got to drink a few bags before this cbd to to, to kick in but no it, it was literally overnight helped her knee pain helped her calm down uh and so for me personally great coffee great cbd effects and you know what if you want to help if it, whether you have a little ache um or you just want to calm down feel better or have some damn good coffee make sure you use the code bsn2019 and you'll receive 20 percent off this delicious drink Absolutely. Shout out to Strava Craft Coffee. Thanks to them for always supporting us and, and get your hands on some of that damn good coffee. All right. Some housekeeping notes to get things started, Zach. We are awarding a WGT winner today. You got to stay on your toes. You can't wait around um, to see who's going to be the winner. Oh, also, by the way, we're, we're learning the fruits of a three-man <laughs> podcast here. As yesterday, you couldn't make it on time because you were doing the, the Denver Sports Podcast. Today, Andrew Mason, unfortunately, is an eyewitness to an accident that happened on the road, so he had to stay around and watch that. But 
no matter what, the show must go on. So we're here with you. Anyways, WGT, we're awarding our winner today. If you waited too long, that's on you. Got to get in on it early. And the winner of this week's WGT challenge, because he went to freewgt.com and downloaded the app and played it congressional, is Aaron Bluell. Could be Bluell. Congratulations. Bluell. You're the Blue champion. <laughs> Aaron Bluell blew everyone away with his oh, shot that go. he got inside of a foot. And so he is our winner. Aaron, if you're listening, make sure you email Lindsay at bsndenver.com. That's L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y at bsndenver.com and collect your prize. And everyone who played, and maybe even if you, you're a little late this week, even if you get a shot in, you still be you'll still get your entry. I'll be nice. You'll still get your entry uh, for the grand prize, and of course, after the game on Sunday or maybe Monday, we will announce the most recent hole. So you have until then, I'll say, until we announce the next hole. That's when you have to get your submission in, just to make sure you get a, a raffle ticket per se for the grand prize drawing. Ryan, I was pretty pretty close to winning this one and taking home the grand prize. So as everyone knows, Zach is zero and four. <laughs> against me and we don't need to remind them and this week um just to you know just to make things just try and even the playing field we decided we're both gonna play the hole at the same time one shot (laughs) one shot whoever gets closest wins and i went first and uh i wanted to throw my phone out this windowless room and uh i was at 61.11 I mean, so far away, so far away. You were you were over sixty feet away from beating our our winner this week. <laughs> I said I'm not even taking a screenshot of this. Right, he was so defeated. Then stepped up to the ball, and I thought, is it a seven or is it a six? <laughs> and at, anyone who's played WGT a lot knows you always go with the longer club and dial it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's not what I did. I was trying to be conservative. I'm like, I'm just going to hit the middle of the green because Zach said he did terrible. I hadn't seen your score yet. Um, but you were visibly upset. And so I said, I'm just going to go for the middle of the green. I'll just club back one. So as I don't smash it over, if I go too far and I did not, I also <laughs> left it short and there was a real second there where I thought my crown is going to be taken. So I asked Zach, Zach, how far did you go? He said, 61.11. <laughs> And the fist came out like Tiger Woods because I was 60.45. You've never been so proud to be so far away. That is very, very, very true. <laughs> so make sure you get in. Free jump, free WGT.com and see if you can beat our 60 scores. All right, let's move on to football. Oh, no, there's more. <laughs> this one actually is fun. A lot of you guys have been emailing me, tweeting me, texting me. You're not texting me. You don't have my number. <laughs> DMing me about how excited you are for the tailgate before the Jags game, mm. which is going to be awesome. But guess what? You can hang out with us before that because on this Sunday for the game, we will be at the Ice House Tavern downtown, and it's a sweet little bar, great place to hang out and watch the game, great place to spend your Sunday morning with your family, us, mm. watching the Denver Broncos game. And, and – and I know there's uh, a, uh, a lot of negativity in the world, and especially surrounding the Broncos right now. But I can guarantee you this. 
we will have fun mm-hmm. because we always have fun. And we had fun during the literal worst preseason game in the history <laughs> of mankind. So I am 100% sure that no matter what happens on the field on Sunday, we're going to have a really good time at Ice House Tavern. And here's the other thing. We've been getting a lot of flack around the office, Zach, because the Nuggets and the Avalanche and even the Rockies have drawn massive crowds for their watch parties. Our watch party, which was in the preseason, that everyone tries to you know to use any way to get a leg up on us. Our watch party wasn't as... Um, there wasn't as many people as there as some of those other teams have done. Now we're talking about the playoffs and we're talking about the all-star game. That's what they have to do to us to, to beat us is throw in a preseason game compared to a nice playoff game. But I don't care. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of hearing from these people that they draw better for watch parties than us. So if for no other reason than because you love us and you don't want us to have to hear that garbage when we go into the office, come through Ice House Tavern Sunday morning. 11 a.m. We'll be there nice and early drinking mimosas and having a good time. So make sure you come join us. We'll be doing a post-game pod very shortly after the game from the Ice House Tavern so you guys can hang out. It'll just be me and Zach as Mace will be in Green Bay, uh, but it'll, it'll be a fun time. And let me remind you, we don't lose. You and I, we, we don't lose on this podcast, so you, but you guys have to help us out. We've never lost a competition, so come through for us. Join your family, us, at Broncos Church at the Ice House, where the Broncos hope to put Aaron Rodgers in the Ice House. And we will be having a mass shortly after the game, <laughs> where we sit down on the podcast and preach to you about why or what happened. So, make sure you come through and join us. It's church you don't go it's a sin <laughs> hopefully i didn't offend anyone all right we got a game to preview and zach i've got some thursday positivity in my blood mm. i'm feeling better about things ever since i went and and read mace's piece yesterday Mace turned the tides for everyone when he wrote five reasons why the broncos offense is ready to click and you know what a lot of it's very believable. A lot of it I can subscribe to, just like I subscribe to bsndenver.com to read such great content. <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking back, and and um, I remember last year. They pretty much, it felt like they started every game with a three and out. Yep. And it was so hard to watch this team just go out there and, and go three and out, and and then all of a sudden the defense is already on their heels, and a lot of times in the last two years the other team went and scored on their first drive off the script, and it's like, man, they they just they have no chance. This offense moves the ball. Right. They have – they're about 75% of the way there. They can get the ball to about the 45-yard line. Now, this is – we're setting the bar low here, but that's good. That allows you to flip the field, et cetera, et cetera. They're getting about two to three first downs every time they get the ball on average. The problem is they're not moving it from there. And that is a problem. But they're not starting from ground zero here. And you can actually sell me on the fact that, hey, they didn't play it all in the preseason. So it's going to take them a while to get it going 
in those areas. Now, I realize it's not an excuse because everyone else did the same thing and they're faster, but maybe the Broncos are just a little slower. New quarterback, new coach, new scheme, et cetera, et cetera. I can, I can tell myself that the Broncos' offense has room for improvement, obviously, and I can see a path to them improving it. And that's exactly right because they are moving the ball, Ryan. There are positives. This isn't a turnover machine. In fact, you'll take one turnover in two games any day of the week from any offense, really. And so Mace's piece did a great job outlining how many times are you going to get 27 first downs and score 14 points? Probably not very often. It's got to turn around, right? Probably. You hope that it, you, you hope that it's the points that go up, not the not the first downs that go down. And here's another encouraging thing, Ryan: the pass rush non-existent, turnovers on defense non-existent. We know that through two games, they're only the fourth team in 50 years that has had both of those, or I guess should say hasn't had either of those in their first two games. That's also got to change, right? This team is built around both of those, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So Mace outlines the positivities on where there's hope for the offense, but come on, it's so easy to see where there's positivity on the defensive side. And yet, did they look bad and they give up too many points against Oakland? Yes. Should they win every single game where they give up 16 points, especially at home? Absolutely. So there are positives, and I love this 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 Thursday positivity. It's positive vibes <laughs> Thursday on the podcast. I'm sure it won't last too too long, <laughs> but I'm feeling uh, the offense. Dare I say it? Breaking their six game streak of staying out of the twenty point range this week. Why? 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 Because I think they're going to get it rolling. And I think they're going to open up the playbook a little bit. And I think they're going to have some big plays. If there's one thing that you can get on this Packers defense, it's downfield. And so you're going to have to open it up for Joe Flacco. You're going to have to trust those guys up front to give them a little bit of time. And you're going to have to air it out. And I hope that watching film of Aaron Rodgers has them feeling good about airing the ball out. Because I think they're going to have a few big plays. And look, you only need a few big plays to score 20 points. <laughs> We're talking about 20 points here. I remember when we when we talked about that with 30 points or in the Manning era, 40 points. 30 a 30-point game in the Manning era would have been a letdown. <laughs> yeah, no, it was seriously like, man, haven't had a 40-point game in three games. This is rough. That is wild. <laughs> like 30 points, that really meant that you weren't finishing drives. Because <laughs> yeah. that meant you had how do you get to 30? Four touchdowns and a field goal. Or, no, that's 31. Right. Oh, exactly 30. Yeah, so that's actually three touchdowns and three field goals. Yep. And that would be like, oh, my God, they're (laughs) struggling in the red zone. That's wild. I'm setting the bar at 20 points, and I think they can get there this week. Now, the Packers' defense has been impressive. At least there's a little more film out there on them this week. Rich Gangarello should be able to to see a few weaknesses, and if you can run the ball – which you should be able to do against this team. If you're going to just sit back there and throw it 50 times, good night. But if you can run the ball, which you should be able to do against this team, you can get them over the top, which I think will open them up to score 20 points. You know how you said the uh, the positivity probably won't last that long? Two touchdowns and two field goals, Zach. <laughs> well, the positivity's over, Ryan. The positivity is <sighs> over. You know how many points the Green Bay Packers have given up this season? Two full games? Who did they play in the second game again? Uh, Vikings. 
you know, a ninety million dollar quarterback. <laughs> Waste of money. Uh, I think they Adam gave up Thielen. like sixteen to them, seventeen. So they've given up twenty points. Nineteen. Oh, not even twenty in two games. And do I think the Broncos' offense can be better than the Bears, who the Packers played in the first game? Absolutely. I think they can. Now, do I think they are? I don't know. Uh, I guess last week I have to say no, that, that, they, that they weren't. Do I think the Vikings is probably better than the Broncos? Right now, at least, yes. And that game. Stephon Diggs, Adam Bay, Thielen. Exactly. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook uh, the tight end. Kyle Rudolph. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much everything but Kirk Cousins is, uh, is good there. So, Ryan how can I say they're going to get it done against the number two defense in the league? And they're pretty much number two in every single category. Forget about number two, Zach, because number three, (laughs) the third man on this podcast just walked in the room. Andrew Mason is here and Mace, I need backup. I'm all, I'm all hopped up on positivity. Thanks to your piece. You're welcome. Last night, Mm -hmm. Zach and I here are debating whether or not the Broncos can score a mere measly 20 points this weekend. Will they? Not can they. Will they? Will. Okay. Well, while the offense is trending in the right direction, here's the problem. You're going up Uh-oh. against a Green Bay defense that's allowed 19. Well, it should have been 20 points because uh, the Vikings had a go. penalty on the extra point. So it should have been 20 points in two games. Instead, it's 16 and three, so it's nine and a half points per game. I don't know if the Broncos offense has enough firepower to get 20 <laughs> points against this Packers defense. I think going in the right direction means they get 17 points. Mm. Oh, my God. Trending in the right direction. What did they have in game one? Six, stick six, 16. Wasn't it 24 16? Okay, yeah. Here's but it how didn't they, really count. You know what? Here's how right, they get exactly. to 20, guys. Here's how they get to 20. The Broncos' defense has a bad day. Mm. Now, I'm serious because Denver's offense has right. done better when the opponent's been playing back to kind of protect the lead a little bit, more so the Raiders and the Bears, but the Bears certainly were you know, th- dropping back into coverage a little bit more in the fourth quarter than they did earlier in the game. So if the Broncos' defense struggles, I could see a scenario where Green Bay – is up, say, 27-14, and you get that fourth-quarter touchdown that doesn't get you the win but gets you over 20? Oh, man. <laughs> Macy, you brought the truth with your article and explaining how they are close, and, you know, 27 first downs probably isn't going to lead to 14 points every single week. Right. Well, that's Did that all- lead to, on average, 29 points? 29 points. Th- and over three touchdowns, again, offensive touchdowns per game. And let's remember – that's against a Bears defense that's no slouch. Exactly. But now you're also bringing the heat and, and the truth when you say that the Broncos have scored their two touchdowns in, uh, when, when the opposing defense is allowing them to move down the field. They're I mean, averaging 4.5 points per game in the first three quarters. <laughs> what you need to do, obviously some of that is on defensive coverage, but some of that is on you as, the, as Rich Gangrel and the Broncos offense. So what they need to do is, first of all, I want to see more no huddle throughout the game. We saw bits and pieces of it throughout the game against the Bears, but I want to see whole drives in no huddle in the first quarter, in the second quarter. I want them to, if they see a moment they can exploit, try to capitalize on it right then and there. 
I want to see continued passes to Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman out of the backfield. The Broncos haven't had this sort of production pass catching wise from their running back position the first two weeks of the season in 25 years. More of that. And um, I mentioned this in the top, and I actually meant to bring this up when I was talking about how they're actually moving the ball. Last year, a lot of people were saying, no huddle, no huddle. Where's the no huddle? They're they're good in the no huddle at the end of the games. And I kept saying, you got to get one first down to run no huddle. Well, there are getting first downs. So get that first first down and then go. Boom. You're off. Mace, here's where a lot of my optimism comes from. I think you can run the ball on this defense. And I think if you can get the run going, you can pop them over the top. And I think if you can just get two big plays, I'm asking for two plays over 40 yards. If you can do that, then you can put up 21 points. You're asking for two plays over 40 yards from this offense. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm asking for. How many of those plays did they have in the first two weeks? They had at least one, so probably one. It was one pass. <laughs> what was the score when that pass was complete? Uh, I'm going to go 20, 24 to 9. It was 24 9 or 21 6, one of the two. <laughs> hey, they're just not, they haven't even tried yet. That's the problem. Well, I guess they have. They just weren't able to get the pass off. I like that you're keeping the optimism. I'm I'm not I'm I'm positive vibes Thursday. I'm a realistic optimist. How about that? Or an optimistic realist? I don't know which one, whichever of the two applies. An optimistic realist has a better sound to it. So let's say the Broncos do put up a twenty burger. Maybe even give them twenty one points. Wait, you can't put burger after twenty. Bur- no, that's <laughs> you can't put burger after twenty. No, it's a burger with it's basically that's a twenty slider. It's a veggie burger or a slider. It's not it's we'll not a real burger. An impossible burger twenty. No, well, can impo- the Broncos defense it might be impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Can the Broncos' defense hold Aaron Rodgers and company under 20 and actually get the win? Well, you talked about how the the defense is averaging giving up, what is that, nine and a half points per game? Yep. I'm a math guy. The offense is only scoring 15 and a half, 15 and a half <laughs> per game. So this offense isn't the prolific Aaron Rodgers – offenses of the past it's a typical Aaron Rodgers offense I'd say so yes I think it is conceivable that the Broncos could win a 21-20 type game Mm, so a 21 impossible burger will do it they're not actually they're not scoring 21 that would mean no (laughs) drives at ending in field goals they don't but here's the thing they don't beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers without probably two interceptions maybe one either way you've got to get a takeaway preferably early just to get off the schneid on this you guys want some optimism about the broncos defense going up against aaron Rodgers? yes there is a quarterback playing in this game that has quarterback ratings probably a little better to judge a guy than passer rating right I think, see, I think most people. Would I know what you're going to do, and I have a counter already. <laughs> <laughs> There's a quarterback playing in this game with a 36 quarterback rating. 36. That is 24th in the league. That is, means he is in the bottom th- what quarter of quarterbacks in this league. He's bad. That would be Aaron Rodgers, guys. Aaron Rodgers that is a 36 on the season. ESPN QBR. Yep. Oh my God. Yep. 
trash, right? He's done. He fit, yep, he fits exactly. I've been, he's I've having the year. I've told you guys. He's having was, the this year. This was here. <laughs> Mace, we used to call it. Uh, we used to call it someone's Peyton Manning year when yeah. it was the year they fell off. Then we're like, that's extremely disrespectful to one of the best quarterbacks <laughs> of all time. We're just well, gonna call it the year from now on. I think the other thing though is sometimes a quarterback looks like he's having the year, but it's the false sunset, mm. and they end up rising. Example: Peyton Manning. Even before he set out the season with the neck injury, his 2010, he was a bit off. And people thought, oh, is he done? And then he has the neck injury. And then turns out he plays the best football of his career from about week six of 2012 on through November of 2014. Drew Brees was a couple of years ago. We we're talking about how, oh, he might be hitting the wall. Then he pushes back that. There's always a false sunset with these quarterbacks. So I don't think Aaron Rodgers is having the year. <laughs> I think you may call it a little bit of a false sunset. If, guys, you can call 40 for 64 for 412 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Pedestrian. Wait, how did he, <laughs> how did he get to a 36 rating because of that? Because the, the, he's only thrown for 200 a game. That's game manager type stuff right there. He's managed. Seems to be managing well. They're two and zero. The problem I have with ESPN's QBR is that you can't sit there and calculate it because it's you have to trust what their rating is. That's what I don't I like. Him. That's what I don't like about it. Honestly, yeah, it, when I see it, I'm like, show your work. Show me all the data that you used to get to this endpoint. Man, I hated when my teacher said that. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I just did it on the calculator. It's like, oh, trust us. He's 36 because of situations, this and that. Well, then show me. Show me every data point that you used to get to this number. Ryan's like, I don't want to show you. I just got the number from Jimmy. Yeah, I'm like, what do you mean? I, c I can only see the answer off this dude's paper. I can't see all that other stuff. It's, it's the one thing with pro football focus that I question is, you know, I wish I could see all the data that went into it. With pro football focus, I tend to, to look at their raw data more than what they actually have in terms of their ratings. So here's the good news is the the Packers do have two fumbles, two lost fumbles. Both happened against the Vikings. That's kind of what kept the game from absolutely – the, the Packers from blowing the doors off the Vikings. How many total fumbles for the Packers this year? Two. Okay, well, then the odds are – no, no, it's like a coin flip. Everyone, Everyone is a coin lives flip. on its own. Exactly, but what I'm saying is it would be a statistical anomaly if they had two fumbles in this game and they lost them both and thus lost four consecutive fumbles. I agree. I'm not even going to try to counter you with, with the optimism there. I think it's a statistical anomaly <laughs> that, that, that Aaron Rodgers hasn't thrown an interception yet. And that's, that's the bad news, guys. Is wait, 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 wait. You thrown. think that's an anomaly? No. <laughs> How many interceptions did he have last year? We don't need to talk. You're the about stats this. guy. Two. Oh my god, he's so good. Guys, he literally had three interceptions in a game in December 2017 at Carolina. That was basically the last game he played of that year. He's thrown two interceptions since then, and that encompasses. 18 games. Two Spe picks in 18 games. Speaking of interceptions and touchdowns and stuff, have you noticed that Patrick Mahomes is trending down this season? <laughs> Last year at this time, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Incredible stuff. Statistical anomaly, one might argue. 
This yes. year, only seven touchdowns, zero interceptions the, through the, two games. The easiest, he was. the easiest thing to predict was the fact that Patrick Mahomes was going to have some regression to the mean this year. But his mean is going to still be exceptionally high. But yeah. he's not throwing his mean as many touchdowns every year. He just isn't going to do his it. His mean is being very mean to opposing defenses. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, with all this optimism, let's make some picks. <laughs> you sure? I'm sure. All right. Start with Thursday night football. Thursday night football tonight. Oh boy, what a great job by Thursday night football to pick this game. The Titans going into Jacksonville. To play the stash. Do we get any good primetime games that aren't Sunday night football? Nope. The Monday. Have you seen? Oh yeah, Mace, Mace has definitely seen the Monday night schedule. Terrible. You got Miami coming on there. There's a Miami Pittsburgh game looming oh on Monday night football God. at the end of next month. <laughs> good job, schedule makers. Yeah. And I will watch every second of it. Now they've gotten <laughs> some. Now look, you get some bad luck with injuries like to Roethlisberger, et cetera. But um, yet. When I think of Titans-Jaguars, I always think of Thursday night football because this is a game they always seem to burn off on Thursday night. I feel like all um, all Thursday night football games are pl- are in the South. <laughs> it's like Tampa Bay-Miami, Titans-Jags, something along those Carolina lines. Carolina and somebody. Yes, exactly. I don't know why it always feels that way. So which South team are you taking? Oh, man. I love me some Minshew mania, <laughs> but the Titans are winning this game. Only two points for the Titans? Yeah. yeah. Derrick Henry is going to run up and down them. He seems to be a Thursday night football star. He is. He is a star. Well, that was his big game last year against these same Jacksonville Jaguars. With the 99-yard touchdown? Yes. We had 250 yards or something like that. But it was the rare Thursday night game between the Titans and Jaguars that made it onto a broadcast network rather than just NFL network. Because the Titans and Jaguars were both coming off playoff seasons. People thought, oh, this might actually be a good game, so let's play it in December. Turned out the Jaguars suck. So now it's returned to its normal place on the schedule in September. I'm going with the Titans. Titans, all right. Clean sweep there. You know who to put your money on. Next one, the Ravens going into Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Chiefs, seven-point favorites, a touchdown. And real quick, the reason we're doing this today, the uh, programming note, no podcast tomorrow um, as we all, we've got some stuff going on. So, And uh, important programming note, any comments left on today's pod will never be read. Yeah. We feel, <laughs> I, I feel like we've said that a lot, but still get yelled at. Although us. feel free to uh, leave a comment if you want it in the mailbag because I might be able, be able to answer it on Saturday. Mm, there we go. Yeah. There we go. So if you, if you now can't. Now you're sending mixed messages, Mace. We have to be very direct in our messaging. <laughs> I like mixed messages. They're fun <laughs> because they, they open interpretation. Chiefs hosting the Ravens. Touchdown for the Chiefs. Who do you got? That's a lot of points. Oh. That's a lot of points. Chiefs. <laughs> you know, I know I'm going to end up regretting that, but I'm just like my gut is telling me take the Ravens, but my brain is saying just ride the Chiefs until they stop winning by a lot. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel. You, you, you can't pick against the Chiefs right now, especially at home. Seven points. Lamar Jackson's looking good, but no. It's it's going to be the Chiefs. Speaking of regression to the mean, it seems that Lamar Jackson is due for a little bit. Yeah, he's doing the opposite of regression to the mean. Right, but I'm saying <laughs> right. week three, right. he can't like throw for 300 yards and rush for 100. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mace, who are you taking? 
This was a tight game last year when the Ravens went to Kansas City. I don't think it's as close this year. I think it's an entertaining game. This this feels like this feels like a 38-28 type of game. Yep. And that score says pick the Chiefs. Yep. All right. We're all agreeing so far. Now we have the Raiders going into Minnesota. Minnesota, nine points. That's a lot. Terrible line. Take the Raiders. Yeah. I like the Raiders as well. Gosh. Seems pretty easy to me. Mace? I'm actually looking this up right now. I want to see what Minnesota's uh, record when they are a nine-point favorite at home is. I remember when they were a big favorite at home against the Bills last year. And they got <laughs> blown out. Just legitimately beat. I think it wasn't it like 34-17 or something. Like, they got crushed. It yes. Was, and weren't they down like 30-0 to zero or something? Yeah, yeah. Something. Okay, since 2000, guys, Minnesota, against when going on the point spread, is, let's see, there are two ties. So 7-9-2 and two mm. against the spread. But in terms of straight up, they are 16-2. and two. So they're going to win. So they're going to win. They're going to win close. Taking the Raiders. Yep, I like that as well. And final, well, nope, final non-Broncos one. I'd be curious to see what the money line on that is. I'm not, I'm not convinced the Vikings are going to win the game. I'm not either. That would be interesting. It's, you know it's going to be big. Yeah. Texans at Chargers going into L.A. L.A. Is, get, get, gets the home advantage of the three points. Ooh. Yeah, this is, a, this is the toughest one for me. Yeah, it's, this is a tough game for your Chargers. Uh, but what's interesting is how many Houston Texans fans are there in Los Angeles. We're used to the Chargers going to Dignity Health Center and looking at the far sideline and seeing a sea of the opposing team's color. But Houston, this is not a team that has a – strong national fan base. Yeah, but Houston is a massive city, and there but, has to be lots of people that were born there and live elsewhere. But here's what happened. like If, if they live, it, they would have had to have moved in the last 10 years to L.A. because generally speaking, if you've already left, with the exception of Baltimore, you don't really pick up on the new team that comes back to your old town. Right, that's true. The, Baltimore is the, the Ravens. That's the one exception I've seen where they just picked up the Colts fan base that was left behind after the 1983 season, and that's why they kind of go against this here. I'm going with the Chargers in this game. All right. I've had to pick first every time, so I'm glad you did this time. Zach, your turn. I really don't like this one. I don't. I want to pick the Texans, especially with the three points, but I think about how bad they looked against Jacksonville last week, and then I know the Chargers lost to Detroit, but in Detroit – Oh, the Chargers win this game. That's what I know. I guess I take the three points, too. Love it. I'm taking the Texans. <laughs> I knew you were. I knew you were. Easy? No, no, no. It's going to be a, a grinded out. It's, this is gonna. This game's going to end on a coin flip. It's exactly why they're just getting yep. the home three. <laughs> yep. All right, guys, and final one here. I don't even want to pick against the spread on this one. Tell me how this Broncos team is going to fare going in to Green Bay where they've never won a game into Lambeau Field. You go first. I go first. You're the only one who hasn't gone first yet. I have to listen to the most concerning thing I heard this week, and that was from the mouth of Chris Harris Jr. 
who tells us the truth all the time. And he was asked earlier this week, how were you able to contain Aaron Rodgers in 2015? And he said, we were able to play man-to-man and bring the heat every time. We can't do that. It's hard to do that now. And I was just asking him an innocent question about <laughs> you know, what you did back in 2015, what that game meant. Well, great question, Mace. <laughs> yes. Um, I wasn't leading him in any way to this. He just, no, and he That's what he did. He just it, took it. Yeah, and it's not like he gave you a dirty look for, for the question at uh, all. No. At this point, I've asked Chris everything to ask over the last nine years. He knows I'm not <laughs> going to sell him down the river. I thought he was just going to say, like, we had a great game plan. Our uh, we played complementary football. Our rush mm-hmm. and our coverage were working hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. So I gotta listen to Chris. I don't think this is going to be a close game. I think just like they've done in the past, I think they're gonna make it seem a little close, uh, closer. I think it's a twenty-seven to ten game. The Broncos get a garbage time touchdown to make it twenty-seven seventeen. Whew! Wow. Yeah, because you're going up against. 24th best quarterback in the game, but he's got a running game, got an offensive head coach, and you're going up against the second best defense in the league right now. Here's something that I don't think has been talked about. Remember when the the Broncos offense faced the 49ers defense here in joint practices, and everyone said, hey, this is what the 49ers defense sees every single day. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's why they shut it down. Well, if that was true, such should be the same for the Broncos' defense. They should be able to shut down this Packers' offense because it's what they see every single day. Mm. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna bank on that. Here's the flaw in that. I have to right disagree. When, jump in. Jump they in. They see a similar scheme. They also see Joe Flacco. They don't see Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> It's true. It is true. It is true that they have to go up against a better quarterback in practice. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. Based on QBR, I bet. Yep. I bet. Um, Aaron Rodgers is elite. Let's feel. Let's just face it. It's true. He is. He's a future Hall of Famer. He is. Um, I haven't picked yet. I know you haven't. <laughs> so you go since you started this before I jumped in. Here's what I do know. They're going to cover the seven and a half. The Broncos mm. will. Not going to be enough points scored in the game, I don't think, for the Packers to cover the seven and a half. Okay. But I still have to pick the winner. You know what? No one's doing it, so I will. Broncos win the game. Wow. 24-20. You're letting wow. this whole uh, you're letting this whole positivity optimism Thursday get to you. It's all right. I have a lead, so I can be risky. <laughs> all right. Well, here's why there are gleaming towers in Las Vegas. According to Pro Football <laughs> Reference, when the Packers are a seven point favorite at home, seven or more point favorite, Uh-oh. against the spread, they're fifty one forty six and one. Oh, it's a good team to bet on. You've Slightly made money on that proposition if you yeah. bet on them. If you every bet time. on them a hundred and one time, <laughs> you have a problem. But you've made money. <laughs> um, what are they straight up? This is going to be ugly. Straight up, eighty-five and sixteen. <laughs> Actually, my bad. I think I. Ooh, no, I underestimated. It was a fifty-one, forty-six, and four. So yeah, Ooh. you make money, but eighty-five and sixteen straight up. 
I've been consistent at say, as saying this is going to be a game where I could see the Broncos getting boat raced. Maybe they don't lose by the margin I once feared. In the offseason, I thought they might lose this game like 34-3. to <laughs> I don't think they lose by that much, but I don't think they beat the spread either. I think this... I think this ends up being about a 27-17 type of game. And, hey, if they get to 20 and they beat the spread, good for them. And then they get to 20, and we can stop talking about the 20-point streak. But then we're still talking about a losing streak that would be seven regular season games going back to last December. So 27-17? Well, we got the same score. 17. We've definitely, not not only just on the Broncos, on any game all year, we've never, none of us have been this far off. No. I'm, I'm not only, we're 14 points different in mm. our score predictions. <laughs> not only do you guys have them losing, you have them not covering. Not only do I have them covering, <laughs> I have them winning. Something's got to give. Didn't somebody at this table write about a losing culture last Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> what changed? <laughs> Uh, nothing, and <laughs> and I think they're still going to have a lot of problems. I just think the ball bounces their way this week because it has to. Not not why based, does it have not to? based on statistically, but is it just based, based on the, the 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 way things are going for this team? They just need this, and I think maybe that maybe their backs being I mean their backs are pinned on the wall. Is this the same sort of gut feeling that led to Nathan Peterman starting a game in Buffalo? couple of years ago Ooh. or is it the gut gut feeling that what was his espn qbr in that game oh, i think it was a <laughs> probably a zero it was an animal house gray point average 0.0 probably yeah um hmm mostly i'm taking a flyer here because if i'm right i look really good yes <laughs> now you're covering yourself no i'm just i'm just being honest you're just being be- contrarian but i like it i'm just taking my chances on, on making love. you guys look stupid. <laughs> and I'll be I'm willing to look stupid myself if I can do that to you guys. All right, well, if you want to look stupid <laughs> or if you want to be attracted to someone who looks stupid, Breckenridge brews are the beers for you. No. Breckenridge great sipping beer. Also great chugging beer. It's also great every time beer. Great summer beer. They've also got great winter beers. Great morning beers. Great afternoon beers. And we'll, we'll be dipping into the morning stash <laughs> on Sunday at Ice House Tavern. So make sure you check out Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, they're the official beer of BSN. It's the only way that you can drink beer and support us at the same time. So check out Breckenridge Brews. We love them. And great place to check, to drink some Breckenridge Brews, Zach. Infinity Park. Ooh. This is the home of the Glendale Raptors. You have to head to Infinity Park on the weekend of October 5th and 6th to check out the International Women's Rugby Sevens event and the World Wine uh, and Spirits Festival. And you can eat delicious uh, international food while listening to incredible bands. Sounds like a win-win. You've got sports. You've got drinks. You've got foods. You've got musics. (laughs) <laughs> you got all of the things that you need for a great uh great great weekend infinity park is the only u.s stop for rugby series and teams from around the world are participating including the usa 
New Zealand, Canada, Japan, England, Ireland, Russia, Brazil, France, Fiji, Australia, and Spain. <laughs> Basically just a list of where we have listeners. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the series is crucial for athletes as they prepare for the 2020 Olympics. Guys, Rugby Sevens is a physically demanding game of speed and endurance and intensity with some of the world's most talented athletes. If you're a sports fan of any kind, you'll be blown away and highly entertained by watching these women compete. What's even better is you'll be able to enjoy this with the entire family at an incredible price. Adult passes are only 20 bucks. That actually really is an incredible price. <laughs> uh, and you receive another $5 off when you use the code BSN5. Kids 12 and under are $10, and 3 and under are free for the entire weekend. Really great deal there. You can taste over 50 varieties of wine and spirits on Saturday from 1 to 5 with your $50 festival pass, which includes the rugby games, and enjoy delicious food from around the world. Visit Infinity Park at Glendale dot com for all of your information and grab tickets that's infinity park at glendale dot com let's get to the listeners on this optimistic feeling good thursday first one coming in from are they gonna kill my vibe <laughs> first one coming in from boucher all day let's find out with taco charlton being released from the cowboys is this a prospect that fangio can take the former first rounder and position and position him to succeed I heard he had a couple of preseason sacks through the middle of the field, so maybe that's our missing piece to provide inside pressure with this young talent. I hate to say it, but we need some kind of change to fire up this crowd. Bronco fans are on the edge of their seats, and most of Broncos fans I talk to say the season is on the line this Sunday. Yeah, just like uh, the morning after a drunk night at Taco Bell, Taco was released. Um, But why didn't they do this on a Tuesday? Oh, yes. they missed a big Insta- it was ta- instead of Taco Tuesday, it was Waiver Wednesday. <laughs> yes. But as for whether you bring him in, I'd kick the tires on him. I think one of the things that is sort of alarming is that there were questions about the consistency of his effort down in. Wasn't down, that his down Dallas problem in college too? Well, he didn't start until he was a senior at Michigan, so it was sort of the small sample size. Why didn't he become a starter until he was a senior? That sort of thing. Those were some of the critiques uh, that existed. Hey, lo and behold, you know, you have a guy who started for one year, and you pick him in the first round, and he struggles. Sound familiar? Sure does. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about here. And oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You have to discuss it. He really looks like a shell of what he was in college. Oh, my God. <laughs> But he could be a flower that has yet to sprout. And Vic Fangio has done a great job with people like that. So we're putting flowers and sprouts in our tacos now? No, I was talking about a flour tortilla. Yeah, I thought so. (laughs) That's really corny. Oh, we're on a roll, Massey. Even my vibes can't be killed. My vibes, they're, they're undefeated today. Let's see if Count can kill this. He says, I know coverage was different back in the day, but remember when an average fan rarely said a tackle's name until they retired? Ryan Clady? No news was good news when you played in the trenches on the offensive line. Unfortunately, in contrast, I think Bowles must be holding his thoughts with Zach's stories day after day. And similarly to the ghost in Hamlet, the hour is almost come when I... Maybe we should let Mace read this (laughs) Tormenting flames... Must render up myself. <laughs> well, he is in the pit of hell right now. Mm. He is surrounded by flames, the way he's playing. You know, that, that's the cliche about tackles. You don't want to say their name. Um, but you can also love them. I remember... You don't want to say their name, but Garrett Bowles was trending on Twitter this Sunday. <laughs> oh, yes. gosh. 
But you, you'd love it if you could get a tackle that could inspire such devotion that it would lead to people actually buying the player's jersey. There weren't a lot of Ryan Clady jerseys sold in Denver. Of course, some of this is also the quality of the team. You had Peyton Manning coming in, John Elway before, other stars. In Cleveland, over the last probably decade to 12 years, probably no NFL market has seen more jerseys sold or worn bearing the name and number of an offensive tackle. Because, of course, the great Joe Thomas played there. Zach, we should probably bring this back maybe next week. Um, and I'm sure Mace would love this too. But we used to do the over-unders yep. on the day before the game. Yep. So let me ask you guys. I'm going to set it a little high just because uh, of what history is telling us, that he averages 2.5 a game right now. Garrett Bowles holds over-under 1.5. Over. Under, I'm going to say he has one. I'm going to say he has two. I'm going to say that he just stands there and just lets the guy go by. He's like, what, you guys want to see what happens when I don't hold? <laughs> I know what holding isn't, and that's just letting him go by. Exactly. Can't get a holding if you never touch him. No, uh, I actually am going to take the under. Mm. Positive vibes Thursday. <laughs> you know what? If Green Bay wants to have some fun, if he gets called for holding, they need to strike up some kind of song. Hold it. Like if you're going back to the 80s, Hold Me Now by Thompson Twins. Or that one that's like, Hold. <laughs> that wouldn't just get under his skin. It would get under the entire team's skin. Yes. Oh, that yeah. would be so smart. But it would be funny. Oh, it would be <laughs> there's hilarious. A, there's a song by the Black Keys called Hold Me In Your Arms. <laughs> could probably, there's probably quite a few th- words. You know, songs with hold. I bet there like, is. There's probably one called Hold Me Baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, if you're a, a, a Packer, if you're going up against Garrett Bowles, do you not just flop? Oh, like absolutely. every time he gets his hands on me, I'm like flailing and trying absolutely. to make him hit my jersey. If you can't make the play. Definitely. Because he's got that reputation. You have yep. a, another first year referee working the game this Sunday like you had last Sunday. These are things that only Mace would know. <laughs> and I love it. They're important. things. They are right? important things, but it's just. I don't think the the referees have ever gotten brought up before a game by Zach and I. And Zach won't even bring them up after the game. So I don't know. Back in the day, you'd always get nervous if you were assigned, say, uh, Jeff Triplett. Mm. Yep. Bronco born, Bronco bred. All right, got a fun game for y'all. I'll give odds on yes or no whether the stated player will be on the team at the end of the regular season. You pick which one you put your money on. Here they are. These are all pretty easy. Garrett I make Bowles. a lot of money on these odds. Yes. Garrett Bowles, yes, 105 or no, 105. We're only getting my, uh, the minus, 105. <laughs> minus 105. Bet the house. Garrett Bowles is on He's the on team. He's on the team. Yep, yep. Von Miller, yes, minus 250 or no, plus 200. Plus 200 on no, you're making a lot of money. <laughs> I'm taking no. Wait, uh, oh. Oh, whether he's on the team is no. Okay. All right. Yeah, no. You're still, getting, you're still betting the, uh, the yes there yes, on the yeah. minus okay. 250. Joe Flacco, yes, minus 200, or no, plus 170? Yes, yes. minus 200. Minus 200, yep. Chris Harris Jr., yes, plus 130, or no, minus 150? Vegas would never give you plus money on things just staying the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's de- you're definitely taking the yes, plus 130 there. I'm taking no, minus 150. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Positive vibes Thursday. <laughs> Next one's from Holy Atwater. Wow, right. that's amazing. Um. Hey, guys, just subscribed this year. Wait, really quick. I have to tell a funny story because this Atwater thing just reminded me of it. And it is a very, very little, little snippet from something I'm working on right now that you guys will see in the future. It is a large project, so I'm making no promises on timing. (laughs) Uh, 
Steve Atwater's wife's maiden name is Love. And so her name is a, just a great name, Letha Love. Mm. Yeah. And, of course, Steve Atwater. Her, she had a sweet car back when they were in college. And once they got together, she got custom plates that said L-U-V-H-2-O. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty great. The only thing that would have been better would have been if there was an at symbol. I, don't, I know. I wonder if the at symbol was a thing um, in the 80s. It was. It was on the typewriter. Okay. I just don't know if you can get it on a license plate. But wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could get the symbol on a license plate? His, and his license plate could just be at symbol H2O. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you should do that on yes. um, whatever cool car he drives. That's awesome. Anyways. I shouldn't have teased that. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Hey, guys, just subscribed this year, and I felt like that was already a win. Then Mason joins. Wow, double win. Double rainbow. No way. Well, it gets better. Then his commentary has pretty much squashed all the Bachelor talk. Mega win. We've replaced Bachelor talk with Star Wars analysis. Here's the thing. That's actually not true. What's squashed the Bachelor talk is me being too locked in on football season to keep up with the Bachelor. I'm, I'm, so the season of Bachelor in Paradise ended on Tuesday night, I believe. And I haven't seen what happened yet. I'm watching probably tonight after Thursday Night Football to see what happens in the finale. You have no idea. No idea. I also don't even know who the new Bachelor is yet, which they announced. I don't know anything about it. I just know the ending of BIP. Wow. Wait, wait, you like it enough to refer to it by the acronym? Oh, yeah. Or, or is, or is yeah. that kind of the opposite? Like, I, I, I like it, so I don't even want to refer to it by the name. No, nah, you, you call it Bip. <laughs> All right, question one from Holy Atwater. If the Broncos decide this is a dumpster fire and they'd like to make some trades for a rebuild, draft picks and young talent are a must, I'd assume. Obviously, the higher pick, the better. But what young talent could slash should they target? Most teams aren't willing to give up their young talent. But you had a chance with a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick. You had a chance with a guy like Laramie Tunsil. You had a chance with... Who's another guy who just got traded? I mean, Jalen Ramsey is even Ramsey still a young, a young time. That's not what you do, though, when you're rebuilding and trading guys out. You just compile no. picks. Yep, That's exactly. what you do when you're close. Yep. Anyways, question two. Bowles isn't being benched, so how about BSN cashes in? How about a shirt with Bowles wearing a headset and a pencil behind the ear that says the secretary and a caption of Bowles saying, let me put you on hold? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. That's just cruel. <laughs> or Game of Thrones style with an artist rendering of him as the lovable Hodor with a caption of him saying, Hodor, Hodor, hold more, hold more. <laughs> did, it, did you watch Game of Thrones, Mace? No. Oh, wow. So we're over three. Oh, wow. My wife did. She can tell me all about it. But I, I, I watched a couple of episodes. Same. And, I mean, you're just – there's a point where the gore and the sex becomes just too vivid for me. And that's what Game of Thrones hit. Fair enough. I don't like need, I need to, to watch it. I don't need to see <laughs> incest on television. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did hear there are a lot of penises. Each shirt comes with a fabric marker <laughs> so you can count the holds at home wow. and keep a running season tally. Keep up the great work. At wow. Will, he, will Garrett Bowles last long enough in Denver for his career number of holding calls to match his jersey number? Wow. Oh, oh my man. God. Oh you know man. what someone uh, said to me today? What? Garrett Bowles has more tackles this season than Von Miller. Oh, my oh. gosh. Count Flacula responded to that and said, how about one that reads – 
Don't worry, I'm literally getting a hold of this. You're gonna have to. Uh, I'm. It's either I'm literally getting a hold of this, or I've literally got a hold on this. Either one. There you go. Yes. And uh, next one coming in from Threat Level Midnight says, "Speaking of sweets, I'll be heading to Lambo and we'll be in a box suite on Sunday. Flex, not even a slight flex. Wow. No. Not even a subtle flex. If you guys are going to the game, we should say hey." As for the question... Mace will be in a box, too. I'll be in a press <laughs> box. Will be. Yeah. Hey, but yeah, hit me up on Twitter, and uh, if I have time, I'll try. I'll be able to stop by. As for the question, you guys kind of went over this on Wednesday, but do you think this is a classic trap game for 100%. Green Bay? Yep. I was more nervous about the <laughs> Chicago game, but maybe I'm now numb to this after losing after the... Or, numb to to us losing after that one and no longer feel concerned anyway i feel like this is where the defense finally steps up and the miller chubb combo shows up over under on bulls holding calls thinking two and a half wow he said it higher than me yep um there's no way he can have another three hold game no that's i think i think even then if he gets to three holds they would have to they'd have to pull him they'd have to jake rogers him Sorry, like sorry. Best I'm, Rogers in the game, though. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> or try some other rearrangement, like uh, I'm calling him Schlotman at guard, Reisner at one tackle. Oh God, Joe Elijah Flacco Wilkinson at tackle. <laughs> um, and, anyway, I'm calling Jake Rogers Jake from State Farm. That's basically <laughs> what you're doing. But um, one thing to consider on the uh, Packers, they. This is the second of thir- of three consecutive home games. They turn around. They play the following Thursday night against Philadelphia. Classic trap game. I've yes. been saying it all week. <laughs> and then after that, Dallas in in Dallas. So, yeah, this is a look-ahead moment maybe for the Packers. Trap games don't happen to great quarterbacks, so maybe it is a trap game. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> anyway, the Manning-faced God. Hey, guys, I'm not from Frankfurt, Germany, but I am from Fresno, California, go Bulldogs. Close enough. <laughs> by the way, living in Fresno, you're surrounded by Niners, Raiders, and Cowboys fans. It's horrible. It's always great to see another Broncos fan here or there because it is super rare. I'll never forgive Fresno State. They beat the Buffs in week one of 2001. The Buffs went on to only lose one more game the rest of the season. That's the same year that they beat Nebraska 62-36. to They would have gone to the <laughs> national championship if they didn't lose to stupid David Carr in week one. That was the game that made David Carr the number one overall pick. Yep. That wow. night. Maybe you should blame CU for taking Fresno lately. Nope. Yeah, trap game. Yeah. Nope. It's just like I don't blame the Rockies for losing to the Red Sox in the World Series. I blame the Indians for letting the Red Sox come back on them. <laughs> How do you know the Rockies would have beaten the Indians? I just do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. (laughs) And I just know that Fresno State ruined my life. You know what beat the Rockies? Sweeping the Diamondbacks and getting over a week off. It wouldn't have happened if the Indians would have just finished off their 3-1 lead on the Red Sox. No, 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 because the World Series, those dates are set in stone. So they they would have waited. Yeah. (laughs) Instead, the Red Sox came in all guns blazing because they just won three in a row against the Indians. Anyway, Damn so I thought I would ask, is there a chance we sign Taco Charlton to be a great addition to our defensive line? We did get to that. Thanks, guys. I Honestly, we'll see later today. I'd be shocked if Arizona didn't claim Taco Charlton, sitting there with a the number one waiver claim, or Miami. Right. right. One of those types of teams. Yep, yep, that makes sense. From DJC15, well, boys, this is the week that marks where two years ago I listened to my first BSN podcast when this hey. final, when this family was starting out. I knew BSN was going to be special from day one because of what kind of people y'all are. Mama, we made it. <laughs> Can't wait to see where this family goes. Also, as a Texas boy, I know Mace would appreciate the really deep southern use of the phrase all y'all. Um, 
as Southerners, we have our own language, LOL. Love y'all, and I'm proud to be a supporter of what y'all do. Like to add syllables whenever possible in the South. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you know, just draw out some words, add, you know, turn a three-syllable word into a four-syllable word, et cetera. A little bit slower down there. DJC Take our time. 15, we love you. People have always said that Colorado people talk slow compared to, you know, other places. Is there a Colorado accent? No. Yes. yes. Uh, there's how certain things that we say differently, and then it's also just people say we talk slow. Like, how do you pronounce those things that we have to the west? Mountains. Mountains, yep, no T. No there's T. There's definitely a T in that. Yeah, other there's people no, say yeah. mountains. Yeah, that's weird, wrong. Mountains. <laughs> mountains. Mountains. But that's, I think that's also a southern thing as well. Also people who we are add, We add some syllables, we take out some consonants. Also, so people who aren't from here call it Colorado. It's Colorado. 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 I... I, I Colorado. It's taken me a while to break myself out of Colorado because I in, in and I still sometimes slip. But yeah. I don't know why it's it's Rado instead of Rado. Why? Colorado. Technically the pronunciation should be Rado because it's a Spanish word. Yes. But it should also be Arvada. Buena Vista. <laughs> or, Buena Vista. Lu- or Louisville <laughs> instead of Louisville. Denver. <laughs> anyway. It's Colorado, get it right. <laughs> Next one coming in from Porta Ben. Says, hey fellas, incredibly long time listener, but somehow first time commenter. Haha. Who do you think is more likely to ask for a trade? Sanders or Chris Harris Jr.? I feel like at our current trajectory, I could currently see both or either asking, unless there is a sense from them that they both feel like the early struggles are just part of the process when it comes to fully learning a new scheme. All right, who's more likely to ask for a trade? Harris. Yep. Yep. Agree. Anyway, on to. Our friend Iceman. Whoa, boys, I had not asked for any player to be benched, not me, frowny face. Our vaunted pass rush duo just needs to start earning their game checks. I also, I honestly read this earlier. I had no idea anything he was talking about, except for that sentence. (laughs) Ryan, you called Bowles that? I liked your take. Don't know what that means. Smiley face. He's still playing in the National Football League as a goofy toddler just saying. Prayers for Craig, his dad, and father-in-law. Mace, I didn't know you are a Brady Pats hater. I'm sorry. I am not a Pats hater. Slash Brady hater. I'm an Alex Guerrero hater. Mm. He's a quack. This is proven. <laughs> quack, quack. Yes. <laughs> he goes on. I'm sorry, Matt McChesney is getting fired up over the two losses. He did play O-line. Oh, shoot. Yeah, he did play O-line <laughs> on the 50th year Broncos. So he speaks from six years experience. Love that guy. Love you three. Go, Denver. We love you, Iceman. Yes. Never right change, in. Iceman. Yes. From Coach Tobin. Hey, guys. Want to chime in after a rough cup? Rough? couple weeks to say that i do not feel this season is lost yet as we discussed through the week by you guys as discussed by the through the week by you guys the green bay is a game is a huge factor as to how the rest of the season will go i don't recall having this large of a mix between promising young talent and aging players who may be on their way out do you think that causes friction in the locker room from what y'all have seen or heard that hasn't been shown in the media i hope not but it's crossed my mind Great articles. Just read the latest from Mason. That content gives me hope about the offense. I truly believe they will get it going, and I hope Phil gets more space so he can get those chunk plays. Well, as they said in Rogue One, a Star Wars movie, rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope, and that's why I'm feeling hopeful today. In the locker room, you know, there are times where you'll see some of the older players kind of congregating and some of the younger players congregating, but now – you're seeing more of a mix. Like there's a there's a dominoes game that goes on usually when 
the media is in there during open locker room period, and you're seeing more of a mix of younger and older players playing that game at the t- at the table than before. That's a positive sign. One thing that I have to say is a negative sign, but this is something that's been going on for the last three years or so. Walking in there and seeing too many guys staring at their phones, and I'm going to go all old school, old guy here. But I've <laughs> talked the lawn, millennials. Yeah, I've had conversations with former Broncos players about this, most notably Rod Smith. This is one thing that pisses Rod off, is he talks about how those teams of the 90s and early 2000s, that they bonded because they weren't staring at their phones. They were talking to each other. And now you walk, walk in that locker room, and most of the time, you've got a lot of guys that are just staring down at their phones and not interacting with each other. Man, and that's you- something I'd like to see change. I, I'd maybe have the locker room be a cell phone free zone where you know you can basically charge them there but we want you interacting with your teammates getting to know them one i agree with you on the fact that there's too many guys on their phones um even over the course of the four years that i've been in the locker room it's gotten a lot quieter in there like you used to have guys laughing joking around because they're staring at their phones they're not interacting there you there you would see like kind of i don't want to call them clicks but groups of guys all huddled together, laughing, joking, talking about girls, whatever. Now it's very much everyone in their cubby on their phones. Maybe they like show the guy next to them a video that they saw on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's no way you can make the the, the locker room a phone-free zone. <laughs> ju- that's just so like that would make Vic Fangio look like such an old dad, and it it wouldn't make the players you, happy. You know what needs to happen in order for Vic or anyone to do that? Winning. You, you need to win, and then you can do whatever you want because I bet Bill Belichick could do that if he wanted, you know? 100%. So winning winning helps everything. And winning makes everyone more happy, which makes, makes them, them more, more likely to interact. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Next one coming in from Natty says, hey, boys, I'm going to Lambeau this weekend for my first away game. Two questions. One, any tips of what to make sure to do and not do in Green Bay? Mace? You know what? I actually, while I've spent a lot of time in Wisconsin, I have not spent a lot of time in Green Bay itself. And even for this game, I'm literally driving up from Madison to Green Bay the morning of the game. So unfortunately, as far as Green Bay, I can't help you there, although I will say this. Make sure you find a way to visit the Packers Hall of Fame Museum, which is at Lambeau Field, even if you're not a Packers fan. If you're a fan of football history, you will enjoy visiting the Packers Hall of Fame. So make sure you get there. Just kind of marinate in the whole Lambeau experience. Yes, go have your picture taken next to the Vince Lombardi statue out front. Do, uh, you know, walk around the stadium, you know, take in the tailgates, have yourself a bratwurst, do all that. I mean, I can recommend some things outside of Green Bay. If you go down the road about 25 miles to Appleton, probably the finest restaurant in the Fox River Valley, northeast Wisconsin, is Vince Lombardi's Steakhouse, Hmm. which is at the Radisson downtown and basically, it's a museum of memorabilia. A lot of it was donated by the Lombardi family over the course of the years. And it's a very good meal. Highly recommend that. Also, uh, if you're there, you have a chance to get any... I mean, I know we're Breck Brew, Brewery guys, but there is a beer in Wisconsin that you can only get within the, the border, within the borders of Wisconsin. New Glarus, Spotted Cow is their signature beer. I highly recommend that. Or if you want a fruit beer, go for the New Glarus Belgian Red 
which may be my favorite beer on the planet other than Strawberry Sky. Did you think that you were going to get that type of answer, Natty? That's impressive. No. And two, and, oh, how much orange is appropriate to wear? Uh, the, you won't get hassled. You're fine. Yeah. And actually, a funny thing happens sometimes late in the season at Lambeau, Lambeau Field when it gets cold. You see some orange dotting the stands because people wear hunting jackets. Mm. True story. At a Bucks game, this is back when the Bucks wore orange, and they were both in the NFC Central. Bucks played up there every year. I think it was 1993. Uh, a Buccaneers executive looked out over the stands at Lambeau Field and said, oh, there must be a lot of Bucks fans here. I see a lot of orange. And someone had to inform this staffer that, uh, no, they're wearing hunting gear. They're not wearing bright sherbet orange to support your team. Don't tell the team that. Let right. them believe. <laughs> but you won't see any hunting gear in the stands on Sunday because I think it's supposed to be like 75, 80 degrees. So I assume wear your jerseys. that there's some Midwest hospitality going on in that stadium, and they'll be very cordial to they're, you. I would say this. The Packer fans that are at the games are cordial to everybody but Bears fans. True story. When they hosted Carolina – in the 1996 NFC Championship, the temperature was minus three. Oof. And my brother-in-law saw, and a group of people at his tailgate, they saw some Panther fans, and they had on their parkas and all that, but that's not, that's not good enough when it's minus three, wing show of minus 15. Not to mention and, you're from Carolina. Right. So <laughs> yeah. the, and he's like, we could, t- we could all just tell. They were going to be in for a rough day, so they kind of helped them, told them some tips to deal with the cold when you're at Lambeau Field. For instance, like it's you get a layer of um, saran wrap, oh my wrap God. it around you. You stuff is- stuff if if you've got boots, stuff styrofoam between the you know around your socks to help get better insulation. Maybe people weren't meant to live there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do say this to my wife, and I've been to Wisconsin a few times in the winter. One week we were there, it was, or I was there for about five days, and the temperature didn't r- rise above zero. And finally one night I turned to everybody in her family and said, how was this place even settled in the 19th century? There isn't enough firewood <laughs> yeah. and bear skins to keep you warm for four months. How do you do that? How, how do you do this? And then they reminded me that a lot of – that the European settlers that came to Wisconsin were primarily uh, from Scandinavia. It's a very, there's a very Nordic bent to the state of Wisconsin. One thing I would also suggest is to go polar bear watching. If you go out, <laughs> you can see the polar bears. It's pretty cool. Um, it's not that bad. Uh, anyway, shout out to Natty. He's a legend. We love him. Um, before we move on. One thing that could maybe keep you warm if you were in uh, Green Bay is wrapping yourself in rubber. I actually don't know if that would help. Probably wouldn't. But you guys know uh, supporting local businesses is in our blood, and we're excited to tell you about the Denver Rubber Company. And it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable <laughs> local partner for, our, for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, um, not to be confused with caskets count, molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. DRC offers innovative solutions to serve a diverse line of industries, including aerospace, pharmaceutical, construction, medical, military, electronics, and so much more. An ISO certified company or ISO that will, uh, will work with you from design to the final product that is both cost-effective and will meet your requirements. If you're in need of custom design, material selection for your project, or you have a deadline to make a 
for a large order, do not hesitate to call the Denver Rubber Company. Call them today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at DRC First and tell them who sent you. All right, we're rolling along here on the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee and plenty more questions to get here to here. So, Zach, why don't you take us away? Next one from Missouri Broncos says, hey, guys, Coach Gangrella has called two games in his NFL career. How much blame and lackluster offense can we put on that inexperience? Thanks. A little bit. I mean, you know, he's learning on the fly now. He has called games at the Division Two, Division Two, and FCS. And with all respect to the Wagner College Seahawks and Northern Arizona Lumberjacks, among other stops in his career, calling plays there is not the same as calling plays in the NFL. There's a little bit of an adjustment, especially in what defenses can throw at you. He mentioned a play, uh, the play before the interception. Uh, for Joe Flacco, in which he said there's pretty much only one guy in the world that could have stopped Emmanuel from getting into the end zone there, and it's Roquan Smith. And it was like almost like he was admitting, like, not necessarily, but he, y- you could uh, surmise, okay, well, if he called that play at Wagner, the wide receiver probably would have got in because there's no Roquan Smiths around. True. The other thing um, with Rich Gangarello, he had that delay of game penalty going into the two-point conversion. It knocked them back, and then they were going to go for the PAT and then come back, and, and they'd end up trying the two-point conversion. That's got to be in faster. Yeah, but Joe Flacco actually took the uh, blame himself. He said, I honestly wasn't aware. They went to timeout, and there was only 16 seconds left on the clock, and when we came back, I just thought it would be 25. Isn't so. it really on both of those guys? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think so. The Communication whole, the has The whole to be process better. has to be faster, especially when they know they're going for two. If they've established in that, in that right. scenario, last minute, down one we're going for two that call has got to come in look at he split love thunder down under what is the eta on jano <laughs> i was thinking it was more like like nacho like jano <laughs> i don't know but the thing is with jano i think of it in the way that brock olivo said two years ago jano love jano love jano uh, jano <laughs> if we had 22 janos we'd be all, all right. right i say it jano oh 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 Oh, 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 you got the echo? Oh, oh, right. How come when he comes back? That's what she said. The crowd needs to <laughs> chant Jano whenever he catches the ball. And I, my guess on the ETA on Jano is potentially the Jaguars game, more likely the Chargers game in week five. Yeah, we know for sure it's not this week, even though he is practicing. It's pretty crazy that like when we were talking about all these six to eight week injuries, we're like, oh, they'll come back in week three or four. Little did we know that week three or four could be too way too late. <laughs> oh, wow. Feels like the run game, particularly in the red zone, is suffering without Jano taking the lead into the hole or even being an interesting option on play action. The flat thoughts agree completely. The biggest run of the preseason came in part because Jano had the lead block working between the hole, created a little bit by Garrett Bowles, mostly by Dalton Reisner. Royce Freeman doesn't go 50 yards without Jano out there in front. So, yes, they do miss Jano. P.S. I feel like we're at one and one at least going into this game without these injuries. F me, right? Random <laughs> strikes again. PPS, I'm a banker, not an engineer. Yeah, same thing. Uh, another one from Love Thunder Down Under. Man, can you guys get Benjamin Albright on the show? Well, he's in the room right next to us. I'm not entirely sure why, but maybe it's the dramatic fashion in which, in which Zach reads out comments, but it'd be amazing to see Zach and Ben argue for an hour. How many mic inputs do we have on this? Uh, we have enough. So we could get, I mean, wow, we could have worlds colliding. We could have 
the three of us, and if we bring in Benjamin Albright and Ryan Edwards, who I sit in with every Thursday and uh, most game days. Actually, we only have one more output. I'm looking at the <laughs> So board. someone has to share a mic then. Okay. You joked about Fine. the dueling pods, but maybe yeah. it was real. Maybe. We may, we may have to have the World's Colliding podcast. I vote point. for Steve Atwater. <laughs> <laughs> Next one coming in from Swedish Broncos says, funny how some people think you're negative. You're the podcast I go to when I need some positivity and reasonable answers to the I problems. got you this morning, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what can we do? When should we tank for Tua? What and when to trade? Not to trade first rounders before quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. Listening to Broncos and Bratwurst, Mile High, and a few other pods, the negativity is astonishing. They scream for trades, hate the team, hate Flacco, hate Elway, hate the defense. Apparently, our defense sucks, according to some podcasts. Some people think we are in the negative yeah. <laughs> category. We don't really hate anyone. It's no. all love here and, and, and criticism. Instead, I turn on BSN where I turn to BSN where you explain why the defense is good, even though we don't intercept or sack. Thanks for being the bright light in a dark world of podcasts. We're getting some fun language thrown in these yeah, comments. Yeah, seriously. A couple losses oh, and man. turned into a bunch of sailors in the comments. Uh, next one's from Steve Atwater, Hall of Fame. In 1987, I was born on a U.S. military base in Frankfurt, Germany. Ding. Ding. So we, we brought back the uh, country of, nice. the, of the day. Uh, it was my father's next duty station that started my love for the Broncos. He was stationed in beautiful Fort Carson, Colorado throughout the 90s. Home. Fort, I think Fort Carson is the home of Kalen Bellage. Yeah, Fountain Fort Carson High School. Yep. yep. Uh, the glory days of Broncos football. Between the team's success and ideal, idolization sorry, of Steve Atwater, I'm a huge Arkansas Razorback fan. My fate as a Broncos fan was sealed. I've been a fan ever since. Nice. And, and Cali Man Broncos says, I was stationed in Baumholder, Germany. That is awesome. So I guess since I was reading, I'll choose the city and country of the day. I am going to go with – geez, I'm really drawing a blank here. Have we done uh, – We didn't we do it in Spain already? Not since I've been so. here. Let's nope. go for a Spain. Spanish. All right, let's go Barcelona okay. or Barcelona as the locals say it. <laughs> NJ Bronco 85 good morning, gents. I will keep the comment short, but I just wanted to chime in on the negativity that a lot of people have been commenting on. I'm sure I speak for most, if not all, of our community when I say that we are diehard Broncos fans. With that being said, it's tough to watch your team do the same thing year after year and not really improve much aside from the Peyton Manning era. You get tired of watching the same press conferences, the same excuses, and as Ryan said, doesn't really leave you with much to hold on to. So being a diehard fan hurts when you don't really see the many improvements that you expect me to you expect you expect me better and worst of all you look forward to this year all to this all year long still broncos gang for life but slowly losing faith well nj bronco 85 let me tell you a little something um yes the losing is rough you've got a long way to go to be in the cleveland the old tampa bay class of losing tampa bay actually lost double-digit games every year for 13 years. Oh had 14 or 12 years, pardon me, 83 to 94. 14 years of losing seasons, 83 to 96. So oh having experienced a good chunk of that firsthand, I understand your frustration, but there's a ways to go before it, it settles into something worse. I would say what happened in Tampa Bay was, a, was fatalism more than pessimism. You basically assumed everything was going bad. Everything would turn out hopelessly. The Broncos 
you're, we're not there yet. Now, that being said, I look at the division. I look at the fact that you're pa- facing Patrick Mahomes and it looks like he's going to be a problem for a decade. You've got to figure out how to get this right here in the next two or three years, get some positive momentum, because if not, this thing could really seep out of control and really turn from something that's just a losing culture in the short term into something more profound than that. Just comes down to quarterback play. Just really, what's going to save them? Like, you, so Drew Locke is the guy who has to save the franchise long term. One thousand percent. Someone else. And That's why uh, all along I was pining for Kyler Murray because in a in a Patrick Mahomes world, you need an electric athlete. Let me ask you this: You go back to uh, 2018. I wasn't high on Josh Allen coming out. Would this team be in better shape if it had taken Josh Allen? Yep. yep I mean, yep, not yep. even close. And ne- neither of us were high on him either. Yeah, and I, it's funny. <laughs> even before we were all uh, a team, we were uh, on the on the same page about a lot of people like Terry McLaurin, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, Great minds and fools, right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Next one coming in from Mile High Hitman. He says, howdy, fam. Rough start, but every powerful godfather needs his thugs to enforce his will. Excited to see the defense with Bryce Callahan and Todd Davis. You might get one of those two back this week. I think you will get Todd. Question. With all this trade talk, I know about conditional picks based on playing time, but was wondering if there was such a thing as protected pick, like in basketball, no. where where that would protect <laughs> it. There we go. Okay, no, there's no such thing. <laughs> yeah, it'd be. I mean, I like protected picks. I think it's kind of a cool concept, um, but I'm yeah, surprised I mean, the Steelers has- are completely unprotected, which is crazy. I'm surprised that the concept Never hasn't taken root somehow in the NFL. That's protected for like a top ten selection, right? right. And, and but then I mean, I don't know. It's not as good of a deal for the for the Dolphins. The Dolphins are betting against Mason Rudolph, where the Steelers are betting on him. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. All right, next one's from Ben and SLC. Hey guys, long time no comment. I was going to give you a Bulls take, but since they've kind of been beaten to death, I'll hold off. I wonder if he purposely meant the hold part. Uh, how much do you expect we see the Broncos run hurry up on Sunday? This is a popular thing in the comments today. Uh, it seems to have been fairly successful over the last two games. I'd love to see them come out of the gates with some urgency and really try to catch the Packers D off guard. As always, keep up the great work. I think if they see a mismatch personnel-wise early in the game, they're going to go no huddle. Like if you if last week, for instance, there were a couple of times they thought they could exploit something when Quill Mack wasn't out there, and they went no huddle. And I think that's it'll be some matchup situation. So let's say they're in a base package, but you've got Noah Fant and Philip Lindsay out there. Then maybe you do some things quickly where you, you get Philip Lindsay. I hate doing empty backfield, but maybe you go empty backfield to force some, to, to force some guys out of the box and also set up some one-on-ones. Or maybe you go Philip Lindsay in the backfield, spread things out, get someone covering Noah Fant outside of the box, and maybe you do a draw to Philip Lindsay. Things you can do. I'm going to read the next one because it ties in with this. He says, from Sir James Radio, he says, the past couple games, the offense seems to produce better in a quick, up-tempo style of play. I realize that this is a product of an in-game management, but would Skangs be willing to alter his scheme to play to this? I remember Elway saying he wanted a more college quick-strike approach once, was that only to help and benefit Paxton? It's <laughs> a really good point. Yeah. I do remember that. Um, yes, but uh, you know, at certain points, you have to go with what's working. And so Rich Gangarello isn't going to say, no, 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 we need to slow things down. We don't need to move the ball. We just want to take clock. Um, while he did say that he wants to play a complimentary football today and, and he wants to help the defense with his offense, if they're working, you know, if, it's, if no huddle is working, they'll stick with it all day. 
I would be shocked, though, if they entered a game where they said we're going no huddle. I, I do think that they are that uh, committed to this type of offense. But I do think that they, that they will take advantage occasionally and do that. Well, you can run the same basic scheme and go no huddle. I think the issue is that they want to minimize possessions. They want these right. games to be – unfortunately for the Broncos, in terms of number of possessions, these games have been right about where they wanted them, about anywhere from 9 to 11 possessions for each team per game. It's just that you've gone against teams that were comfortable that were playing at that tempo as well, and thus the Broncos are 0-2. Lone Star Bronco. Shane Ray and Eli Manning have the same amount of sacks as Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. That's all I got. All for, all for first-round picks. I like, Bulls. I like Bulls as eye black. That's my positive for the week. <laughs> Maybe the eye black is the problem. Maybe he's got too much of it. Yeah. yeah. Here's, I was watching this interview one time with Jason Capono on uh, Highly Questionable with Dan Lemonhart. It's one of my favorite interviews ever because Jason Capono is hilarious. If you don't know who he was, he was a three-point specialist in the NBA. And he talked about how he was in college. He was the man. So he wore like a headband, arm sleeve, leg sleeve, uh, wristbands. And then he was like, yeah, when I got to the NBA, I was riding the bench. So I couldn't really do that anymore. <laughs> you saying uh, something similar. Just saying. <laughs> From Bronco Aggie 24. Howdy, guys. As a special... And a special welcoming howdy to Mace. Howdy to you. Joshua Dobbs was an aerospace engineering major at the University of Tennessee, which is the same degree that Matt Patricia got in college. This just means that my hopes of getting into backup quarterbacking slash coaching are not dead yet. Hey. Flex. My question is this. Could the Broncos use Phil in the slot in the same way they would have used Theo? I like anything to help him get out in space and would benefit. Uh, and I like anything to help him get out in space would benefit him and get him into a groove. Uh, trying to keep positive in these dark times as always. Thanks and gig em. I don't disagree with the notion of Philip Lindsay in space like Theo Riddick, but that being said, you can hand the ball to him quite a bit as well because he can tote the Rockies. You know, there, there's very little that Philip Lindsay can't do. The question is, how much of it can he do to avoid wearing him down and getting unnecessary wear and tear on him? And that's where Royce Freeman being able to catch passes, adding that skill set to his toolbox is essential because now, even though they have different strengths, Royce Freeman, more power, one cut and go, Philip Lindsay, shiftier, you can use them interchangeably. And uh, Rich Gangarello today was asked about balance. Obviously, they threw the ball 50 times. Would they run it 22? Yeah. Something yep. in that range. He said, hey, don't forget that you know a classic staple of the West Coast offense is throwing the ball to the running back. And to me, that's an extension of the running game. They haven't been using Phil as creatively, though. They, they haven't been motioning him out as much as I would have expected with how much Royce is playing and playing. How about get them both on the field at the same time more Ab often? Absolutely. I'd love to see that. Got the next one, Zach? I just lost it. That was from Bronco Aggie. So next one, the real links. Yes. Says, so I'm not sure what I should feel in different situations. Obviously, any loss is bad, but another heartbreaker puts the final nail in this coffin. The Broncos are losers. Then, if we win in a last-minute score and don't shoot ourselves in the foot last minute like we did against the Bears, I mean, it is a win, but not really convincing. No, I'm not going to feel good about this team. If we need it, it will need to be convincing. Three-plus successful scoring drives in the first half, two-plus second half, and even if that means we only win 15 to 14, I'm okay. The fact is we would have this, we would have the scores and wouldn't have kept ourselves from scoring by having penalties called. Ideally, we win 23-13. to 13. 
that would make me happy. Thanks, guys, for the awesome pod. Ideally, you win 31-3 or something like that. Let's just shoot for the moon here, but, uh, well, reasonable expectations, I guess. Why not 40-0 to zero for shooting for the moon? I mean, why stop there? 100-0. to zero. <laughs> <laughs> Why stop there? Why not the Patriots? 102-3. to three. Oh, my God. The legendary Timmy. Hi. Hey, guys. I'm still here and loving the inclusion of Mace. The Seinfeld and Simpsons references are always welcome. I'm going to Lambeau this weekend with another member of Pleasure Horse who is a diehard Packers fan. If Vegas is correct, this could be a long weekend. I'll be displaced in a sea of green, but we'll have my eyes peeled for BSN swag hiding betwixt the cheese heads. Oh, I love betwixt. Well done. Stepping up his game to impress Mace. Word of the day? Word of the day, betwixt. Yes. Betwixt. In what, what you say when it you sounds, want some candy. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds tasty. Is that the definition? No. Amongst? Between. Between? Yeah. Or, uh, and um, between, among, either way it works. According to the dictionary, it's an archaic term for between. <laughs> uh, that's what I said first. <laughs> All right. Uh, from True Champ Fan 24 someone mentioned there being too much negativity on this pod. While I agree that there's a lot, I also think it's very understandable. I'm a Utah Jazz fan, for year, and for years after the Stockton and Malone era, it was hard to watch because we were so used to winning. Then after the D-Will era, the same thing. We were so used to winning that it becomes unbearable to imagine losing this much. I think from all this negativity, you can tell how much we all care about this team after the winning ways the franchise was used to. As diehard fans, we rise and fall with our teams, and the, only the most diehard fans can understand that. No offense aimed at anyone. Most, much love to everyone in the BSN fam. Also, I heard someone mention D&D the other day. Upstate garbage plate. Glad to know I'm not the only nerd in the fam. <laughs> speaking of nerds, Von Miller today said uh, his high school experience, uh, he was a geek who was good at sports, so he got a pass. So sports saved him is what he said. <laughs> and I said that's pretty much like Zach except for the good at sports part. No, sports saved me too, Ryan. Yeah, you but you're just a, you're just a nerd who played sports and that saved you. No, the good the good part also played. Oh yeah, that. all yep, right, yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Next one coming in from Oklahoma Bronco fifty eight says this has nothing to do with football, but last night I was crushing some beers at the pool. Sadly, not Breck Bruce. Oh, since Aaron in Oklahoma yet, well, we got to get some there with some of my friends, and I was wondering who would be put away the most with ease on this team. Who would put away the most in oh, terms of put beers? Away. Yes, ah. Uh, the obvious answers are Derek Wolf and Connor McGovern, as Derek is just a mountain of a man, and Beer would slide down his gullet with ease, while McGovern looks like the type of guy that that wakes up with a cold one in his hand. But then there's the dark horse. That's right, Brandon McManus. While a slender frame with seemingly less room for Beer to go in, it makes him an unlikely candidate, but with a stash like he has, it just screams down to party. Yeah. I like the expert, expert's opinion on this one, but my money is on McGovern with McManus nipping at his heels. LOL. Keep up the great podcast. I'm going to give you a dark horse. Just He looks like a guy who's thrown back a few over the years. Jake Rogers. Hmm. Can't say I've seen what he looks like. <laughs> he looks like he could. I mean, he looks kind of mellow, understated, but he looks like if you got him into a beer chugging contest, he could easily hang. So you weren't saying it's because of the belly? I mean, he definitely has an offensive lineman's build. I would have to say one that wasn't named here. This guy has to set down his can of tobacco and, and can of bush light before he goes onto the field. Andy Janovich. There's one more. He's from Wisconsin. Shelby Harris. Mm. <laughs> he looks like, yeah, he's got the beer body. He's as got well. the beer gut. He's, he, he, I mean, obviously, he's got a defensive lineman's build, but 
coming from Wisconsin, you build up a tolerance. Zach, you got any uh, candidates? Well, when you said uh, when you said the, didn't you say dip? Yeah. Reminded me of someone else. What about Vic? Vic can probably pour him <laughs> back as well. Not. You know, know who I also think... might just have like the machine body that just like he has to have like twelve even to feel something is Bradley Chubb. Yeah, probably. I think with Vic though, he's more the uh, glass of Italian wine at dinner. Yeah, guy at this point of his life, you know, go go to a nice Italian restaurant, have a glass of of Chianti. I don't know. I can it. see a, like really, he's going the Rolling Rock style. Oh, I mean, I mean, just things that don't go even down reference quick. that. <laughs> but why? Hey, Mace, USF has lost eight straight FBS games. That's not a comment. That's someone's name. <laughs> Can't lose this week. Bye, baby. <laughs> Guys, I don't think it's time to give up on Elway's win-now philosophy just yet. It wasn't working for him for a while, but the problem wasn't the philosophy. It was plain old bad drafting. Look at Kansas City. When Andy Reid arrived, he inherited a 2-14 and team, but he wanted to win right away. He acquired Alex Smith, a veteran QB who had just been supplanted by a younger, more athletic QB. Sound familiar? He also had the number one pick and used it to take a franchise left tackle. Who did they take? They took um, uh, Eric Fisher. Oh, okay. And they, you know, Colin Kaepernick was the guy that uh, supplanted Alex Smith in San Francisco. Since then, the Chiefs have never gone into the draft with anything better than a number 18 pick, but they've averaged nearly 11 wins per year. What makes Reed's win-now philosophy work is that he consistently hits on his first-round picks and occasionally finds great value later on, such as Tyreek Hill in the fifth and Travis Kelsey in the third. I still believe in Elway. His competitive spirit is what the team needs, and he's done very well in the last two drafts. We need to be patient and trust the process with Elway, but also realize that the process only began with the 2018 draft class. All right. Shall we, let's talk about John Dorsey and his role in making the Chiefs what they were and having those drafts that found player after player. And yeah. John Dorsey is now in Cleveland. John Dorsey sure likes himself some talent and doesn't mind too much about what else that person may or may not yes. have done or been dealing with. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Hunt. Yep. Yeah, Tyreek Hill. Well, Kareem Hunt, did he? He, did, he, he had an issue in He college. had an issue before. Okay. Tyreek Hill, he was off the draft boards of probably three quarters of the teams entirely. But the Chiefs said, now hey, let's go get him. And now he's the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Guys, how about this coming down the line right now? John Elway, who's at a business, a, a speaker at a business convention right now. Um, apparently, according to Joe Rubino, who's there, he said, John Elway said that the NFL officials admitted to him this week that they were, quote, dead wrong on the Bradley Chubb roughing the passer call. Was that public or private? Like, was that on a stage he said this? Apparently, yeah, that's what it seems like, Go, re- reading through this thread that uh, Joe Rubino has going on. It was at, uh, yeah, was that something that he was speaking at right now? That would probably be a first in which an offic- uh, a head official or, a, you know, a statement from the officials uh, admitted they were dead wrong. Usually it would be like, well, it was a judgment call and we could see both sides of it, which was the official statement. There's actually some other interesting stuff in here. In, uh, on Joe Rubino's Twitter feed, of course, again, business reporter for the Denver Post. Um, first of all, I said the moderator congratulated Elway on his AFC titles in the 80s. He said, thanks, but no thanks. 
essentially. Why would that person do? Were they trying? Were they taking a shot? I get. I don't know. Elway on Philip Lindsay quote. I would take 53 Phil Lindsay's because of that mindset he has and the heart. So finally, we've got something that's better than 22 Janos. Wow. 53 Phil's. I also would take 53 Phil's over 22 Janos, but that's just me. Let's see. Um, Elway wants a technology that measures, quote, the size of the ticker, quote, for players. Elway on criteria for business partners. Frugal and worse than golf at worse at golf than me. Wow, you should partner with me. <laughs> on making tough decisions. Quote, matter of fact, I still get comments about Tim Tebow <laughs> wow. about the Broncos season so far. Quote, I feel better about 0-2 this year than when we were 2-0 last year because of the direction we're going in. Whoa, that's quite a spin. Wow. That is a spin there, John. John is all about positive vibes Thursday. Wow. Maybe he's listening to this podcast. Uh, I think that's a that's a wrap from Rubino. I Dead wrong, says John Elway of the referees about on the Bradley Chubb call. Hmm. Wow. Yep. So that means they were dead wrong on the Eddie Goldman call too? Probably. Yes. You got to be. But eh, you have to forget you, you can't forget about the Charles Leno's role, Charles Leno's role in that play, which was shoving Bradley on top of Mitch Trubisky. And a face mask. And face masking. <laughs> well, I believe that wraps it up for yep, us today. Yep, that's all 31 comments. All right, all 31 comments and all 94 minutes of Broncos talk and other things. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. We will see you on Sunday at the Ice House. If you aren't there, that's okay. We'll still love you. But if you are there, we'll love you even more. Come sit, come hang out with us at Ice House on Sunday. We'll be there bright and early. Have a mimosa. Talk to you later. It's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that 
I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. 